Amen. Y'all may be seated. Take a seat, Calvary students. Again, super glad to be back with y'all. I missed y'all last week, but again, I hope you were blessed and touched by Malachi's story. And we're going to continue that trend of what it looks like to share the gospel. Again, we've celebrated Easter, right? We're excited because Jesus has raised back to life, which means he has paid the cross for, he has paid the price for our sins, and he has defeated the grave. And he's alive and alive today, and we can continue to live in that freedom uh, as we repent and believe in Jesus, right? And so we're going to continue to try to equip you. I was very, very um, excited to hear some of the feedback from our C group leaders. A lot of y'all said, hey, I want to learn how to share the gospel. I want to learn how to talk to my friends about Jesus. And you know what? That makes me so excited because we're going to help you to do that throughout the next couple weeks. Again, we only have four more weeks. Well, really three after tonight. And we want to make sure that we're equipped as we get into the summer to make sure that you know uh, how to share the gospel, what that looks like and why it's important. Okay. If you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, we will be in Luke chapter nine. We'll start in verse 57. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Has anybody ever, before we start, has anybody ever signed up for something and then when you got there, it was nothing like what you thought it was going to be? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. So one time I, I signed up um, for a class or not a class, like it was like a, it was like a trial uh, of uh, like a, a workout type of thing, right? And I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be like, okay, this is just like, I can do this or whatnot. And as soon as uh, I click play on like this workout video, the guy starts going and I like within the first 10 minutes almost passed out. And I said, oh my goodness, I did not think that this was going to be what the workout was going to be like. I thought it was going to be like nice and simple, like some stretches or just like, you know, like to get one. No, this guy was like, get down, do push-ups, get up. And I was like, I'm like, I was crying. Like I could not do it. I was terrified. Okay. But that happens a lot. I think sometimes we sign up for things and don't realize, oh my goodness, this is what I signed up for. And here's the thing, is that one thing that we don't want to do the same mistake is in following Jesus, okay? Jesus is loving. Jesus is great. And that's important that we know that. But we also need to understand what it means when we say we're giving our life to Jesus, when we're giving everything to Jesus, because that's the most important decision we can make but we need to know what that means. And I'm going to go very quickly because we have a lot of things that we want to do tonight. So Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 58 says this. It says, as they were traveling, traveling, okay, this is Jesus and his disciples. As Jesus was traveling on the road, someone said to him, hey, I will follow you wherever you go. And then Jesus told him, foxes and dens, foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. <laughs> and if you're that guy, you're like, what? Foxes? Fo what about foxes? What about birds and nests? What are you talking about? Right? And this is the thing about Jesus is sometimes Jesus kind of speaks in these like metaphorical ways. And, and sometimes like it, like when you read it, you may not understand it. And that's okay because we're going to unpack it and understand it together. In other words, what Jesus is saying is that when you decide to follow Jesus, following Jesus means counting the cost, okay? Following Jesus means you got to count the cost of what that looks like. And this person jumped in saying, hey, I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus, no matter what, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus is saying, hey, my life is not glamorous. My life is not fun. If you're going to follow me, 
you need to realize that foxes have homes. They have dens that they go to. Even foxes do. Even birds have nests. But me, I'm on the move. I don't have anywhere to rest. And if you're going to follow me, we're going to go to places that you may not want to be. And it's interesting because you would think that Jesus would encourage people to follow him. You would think that Jesus would want, and he does. But what we see here is that it matters to Jesus that we give up everything and understand what giving up everything looks like. If you have followed Jesus, if you have repented and believed, you must count the cost and know that when he says your whole life, he means your whole life. Every part of it, your relationships, your, your finances, your school, where you go to college, where, where you decide to do, where you decide to play, right? And, and if Jesus says no, then you obey that. And it's hard, but it's worth it. And ultimately, within those decisions that you make, Jesus will sustain you. Jesus will give you strength to deny and resist temptation, to deny and resist things that don't really matter. Because when you follow Jesus, you're following into battle, but you're also going to follow him into the gates of heaven. You're going to follow him into the presence of a living and breathing God who loves you, who has nothing but bountiful blessings for you. Another thing we, we need to understand is that when you follow Jesus, that following Jesus means putting him first. Okay, we're going quickly. Following Jesus means putting him first. Luke 59, uh, verses 59 through 60 in chapter 9 says this. Then he said to another, follow me, Jesus said. And he responded, well, first let me go bury my father. But he told him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. What? <laughs> what do you mean let the dead bury their dead? What are you talking about, Jesus? I'm alive. I'm not, I'm not dead. I'm going to go and bury my dead. So, so here's some context behind this. When, when someone says, let, let me first bury my father, what he's saying is that I want to be with my family. I want to be there with my dad, with my mom, with my brothers, with my sisters. And then once I don't have them anymore, then I'm going to follow you. Then I'll decide to give you my all. But first, can I at least just bury my dad? Like, can I just spend time with them until they're gone? And Jesus is saying, no, 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 you don't have time for that. If you want to follow me, right, you got to understand that it's everything. And this person is struggling between two technically correct things. It's not a bad thing that he wants to stay with his dad. It's not a bad thing that he wants to stay with his mom. But that's a long time to wait to follow Jesus. That's a long time to have to wait to declare Jesus as king. Like who, if I was Jesus, I would have just been like, nah, dude, like don't even come near me then. And in a way, it's hard because we, I love my dad. You know, if you know me, I love my dad. I love my mom. But when Jesus calls you to give up everything, he calls you to give up everything. And in a sense, you've got to ask yourself, well, where is there more value? Where, where what's the... What's the return on investment here, in a sense? Spending a few years on earth with my family or spending eternity forever and ever with God and with my family. You see, here's the thing. Let's imagine, um, just, just for a quick second, that this keyboard, you see this keyboard? Like, this, this is like, this, this is the beginning of a line, okay? 
This is the beginning of a line. And then from here, it goes on forever. Just pretend it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It just keeps going. It never ends. Okay, and then this keyboard represents your time on Earth. This keyboard represents the time that you're going to exist on planet Earth. And here's my worry, is that some of us are so concerned about working really hard here so that we can save up a lot of money and live really good here and spend some with family and then die, but we have no concern about the rest of eternity. It goes on forever and ever and ever, and all we care about is this little section that the keyboard represents. No, we need to have eternity in mind. Following Jesus means putting him first, means knowing that he's everything that we could ever want and need. Lastly, following Jesus means focusing only on Jesus. Luke chapter 9, 61 through 62 says this, another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. What? <laughs> what are you talking? Why, why are you talking about farming now, Jesus? Well, here's the thing. This person was more willing and in a better position. He just wanted to go say bye really quick and then go right with Jesus. But there's still this hesitation. This, there's still this moment of like, oh, give, let me just do this really quick and then I'll follow you. Let me just really, really quickly go and, and do what I want to do just for like, so I can have some fun and then I'll follow you. But Jesus is saying, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, if you were a farmer, okay, if you were a farmer during these times, in order to make sure that your harvest was good and you were going to get some good results, you needed to focus on something specific. So that your line, whenever you were plowing and planting, would be straight. Am I making sense? So you needed to have straight lines to plant and to plow so that you would have a harvest. And if your lines were offline or anything like that, like it would just, it would not go well. It was not going to be a good thing. And so what Jesus is saying here is that you're telling me that you want to go and look back and do something really quick before going. But every time you plow and you look back, you, met, you get offline. You don't see where you're supposed to go. And then you turn back around and you start going in a different way and you keep doing this. And then you're not paying attention to where you're going because you keep looking back. You keep trying to you have some of this before you go and advance in this way. And so what is Jesus saying? He says, you need to focus on me. If you're going to follow me, you're going to plow and keep your eye on me the entire time so that you don't stray away, so that you don't go in any other direction. Because if not, it's not going to end well. But here's the beautiful thing, Calvary students, is that yes, we have to count the cost. Yes, it means putting him first. Yes, it means only focusing on Jesus. But the beautiful thing that we have today is the Holy Spirit. And let me encourage you. That if you feel like maybe you haven't put him first, that there's grace, that there's forgiveness. Maybe you haven't counted the cost. And maybe there's a part of you that says, man, I didn't realize that following Jesus was going to be this hard. Well, I'm going to tell you, keep going. It's worth it. I know it's hard. But Jesus promises that we can come to him all who are weary. And we can give him our burdens. Because he is gentle and lowly. 
His burdens are, 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 are taken from us. He takes them. Maybe you haven't been uh, focusing on Jesus. There's grace for him to put you back on track. There's love that's wanting to grab you and say, look at me, right? Every, you ever just like see a baby crying and just like, hey, look at me. Stop crying. And then they spit in your face. No, but, but think about that. That's how much Jesus loves you. <laughs> because on the day that he died, there were people that spat in his face. As he walked, there were people that threw dirt on him. There were people that just did really bad things. You know what's interesting is the day that Jesus died, it says that they fed him uh, wine, like sour wine. And the thing that they used to, to soak up the wine was a sponge. And the sponge was often used to clean the toilets. And he would get that sponge and clean it, dirty water, and they used that same sponge to give him sour wine. And he tasted our own filth. And he took on our filth so that we would taste the glory undeservingly. That's a God who loves you. That is a God who is worth giving everything for. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you so much for just loving us. We thank you, Father, for reminding us of who you are. I pray, Father, that we would count the cost when we follow you, that we would put you first, Jesus, in everything that we do. Father, that we would ultimately focus on you in every area of your life. May this be just convicting to us, and may we be obedient to it. It's your name we pray, and we say Amen.